Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor. Here is always my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you? A weird day. Weird, weird, weird day. A lot of injuries, a lot of duds, a lot of shock performances. I'll be taking no questions about my son. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I have got that news uh, that Brees Hall did, or at least is believed that he suffered an ACL injury. At least that is what came out of the mouth of Rob Sala. But when you hear ACL, you immediately think the the ACL injury is bad. Um, but Mike Williams injured, DK Metcalf injured, David Njoku injured, Amon Ross St. Brown injured. It, it was a matter of if you managed to get through today with healthy bodies, congratulations, you've done really well. Zeke also got injured. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I was told already it's that's not it's a non-concern with with Zeke. Well, I mean, he did come back into the game, so that's definitely yeah. something that. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking. We're talking about guys that were immediately ruled out, a la DK Metcalf and Brees Hall. Also, the best receiver in the league got injured as well. Unfortunately, hopefully, his his knee is fine. Best receiver in the league. Corey Davis. Oh, he got injured too? I mean, it, it probably is easier to talk about guys that did that did not get injured. I bet that'd be more, more difficult. At least Corey Davis is on the sideline. So it's I don't know if it's like I don't know. I don't want to speculate. But yeah, it was a bad week for injuries. Yeah. Yeah. Really bad week. And uh obviously we will uh we will talk about it. We'll talk about it all. Yes, we will. But starting off here, let's start off with Thursday night. And uh, this game was, I didn't really watch too much of this game. I'm sure you probably didn't either because of the Yankees. What? What are you talking about? That's craziness. Rangers one screen, Yankees one screen, the football game one screen. Okay. Well, I didn't watch a lot of this game because I was busy in Alabama. You doing, doing you things. think you think the return of the prodigal son, DeAndre Hopkins, you thought I was gonna miss that? Ah, you're crazy. You're crazy. And what a return it was, let me tell you. I mean, all, Adam, all seven of 19 leagues. That's <laughs> all he was missing was a touchdown. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's all he was missing. But at that point, great. and he got, he got fed. He got proper fed 14 targets, 10 catches. Like Adam said, the only thing he didn't do is score. That was it. Outside of that, a terrific, terrific welcome back for DeAndre Hopkins. And you're going to continue to play him. You're going to continue to play him. He has a couple of really nice matchups coming up with Minnesota. Seattle, the Rams, San Francisco, the Chargers, who just lost J.C. Jackson today. So they, there are a lot of really good matchups coming for DeAndre Hopkins. And you got to remember that he was resting for six weeks. So he is six weeks fresher than everybody else. So fire up DeAndre Hopkins. I, I, I do wonder, because I had this conversation before in a league where I had Brees Hall. I wonder if DeAndre Hopkins, if you did lose a running back today, like a Brees Hall, if you did lose a, a top tier 
receiver today, like a DK Metcalf. I wonder if you could take DeAndre Hopkins and potentially try and trade Hopkins for something a bit more juicy. Yeah, because, and that really depends on your situation. And I feel like I say that every week that we do this, but it does where you needed to have a backup plan anyway for Hopkins when you, when you drafted him or picked him up just because he was going to, you knew he was going to be out for the first six weeks. So you, depending on the situation that you're in, you could have been in a, you could be in a scenario where you can afford to lose or trade somebody like DeAndre Hopkins to, to fortify another position that you have. But if you're like, if you're like four and two or five and two, well, yeah, if you're like four and two and you're fi- and you are fine without DeAndre Hopkins for most of the season, then you can definitely, you know, trade from your surplus in him, sell high on that and then get something. But if you're staring down the barrel of one and five and DeAndre Hopkins is your is your knight in shining armor, then I think you hold on to him. I actually kind of think it's the complete opposite. Really? The complete opposite. Yes, I do. That if you're if you're one in five and you have DeAndre Hopkins and someone really, really wants Hopkins and will pay something pretty for DeAndre Hopkins, you do it. But if you're sitting at four and two and you have nothing wrong with your team, you avoided a DK injury, a St. Brown injury, a um a Brees Hall injury, and your team is perfect, I'd be keeping Hopkins. And unless someone offers you something really, really nice for Hopkins, you don't shop them. You don't shop them. Okay. I don't know. That's just how I feel about it. I mean, I could I could be completely wrong. I think that maybe there are people out there who feel the opposite, but well, I know Adam does, but that that's the way that I see it. Yeah, I don't I don't like yeah, I don't agree. I, I also that. don't know what one in five team would still have Hopkins, to be fair. Yeah. And also that just brings into the question of like league formats. Cause if you're in like keeper or dynasty, then sure. I, I don't know. That's an entirely different conversation. That's an yeah. entirely different conversation. But if you're just in a redraft league, I feel like, I don't know if you're either one and five or two and four, maybe you would still have Hopkins and you'd be like, well, this is it. This is exactly who I need. Uh, like, let's say you drafted like Keenan Allen and you weren't able to get any production out of him. And now you have Keenan Allen coming back and DeAndre Hopkins. Like that's, you could end up making a bit of a playoff push on the back of that. Sure. Sure. But overall, I mean, you gotta be happy with DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, absolutely. Um, outside of Eno Benjamin, the rest of the offense for the Cardinals was underwhelming. And yep. this is the question that we've been asking for the first six weeks of the season, where it's like, what's this offense going to look like with DeAndre Hopkins back? And not only is it with DeAndre Hopkins back, you got no Hollywood Brown either. So this was kind of an interesting look. And I don't know if I'm disappointed. I- I'm not disappointed in the fact that Zach Ertz didn't do a lot. I knew this was probably going to happen, but I didn't think it was going to be this drastic, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. 
they wanted to run the ball and they did. I mean, Keontae Ingram had himself a touchdown. Eno Benjamin had a really nice game. Obviously, they peppered DeAndre Hopkins with targets. It was expected, sure. Um, but at the end of the day, you look at the tight end market. You know, you lost in Joku today to, to, to an injury. Um, I'm still waiting on updates from um, from a lot of my people about a lot of these injuries. The, the only one that we know uh, definitely about is Brees Hall, and I have an update on DK when we get there. Um, but, yeah, it's it's the state of the tight end position, really, that if you don't have Kelsey, you don't have Andrews, and we will get to Mark Andrews, you're kind of just hoping that your tight end scores. And that's kind that's kind of it. And, and and not for nothing too, but if we look at the tight ends for this week and we just break it down based on who had the most fantasy points, George Kittle led the way with 21. Outside of that, there were two other tight ends that had more than 15 fantasy points. It was Travis Kelsey and it was Jawan Johnson. Yeah. It's the state of the tight end position. It's not necessarily that it's Ertz. It is, but it's not. Because the tight end position in general is just terrible it's just awful that if you don't have any one of those top-notch guys you're going to be behind but the problem is, is that you have to pay a premium for one of those top those top-notch guys yeah and i mean i think that heading into if russell wilson doesn't play next week also i think uh, greg dolchich could be a guy that you could pick up because he looked pretty good against the jets oh he will be he will be talked about on on, on the waiver show tomorrow 100 percent. yeah but otherwise, yeah, you're you're kind of screwed in the tight end market because it just isn't good. It, re- no, it really isn't. It really isn't. But uh, moving on to the Saints, you know, no Michael Thomas again this week and no Jameis again this week. And that is kind of interesting because that because Jameis is healthy, allegedly. So yeah, this allegedly. is a this is a culture. Uh, uh, this is a coaching decision to start Andy Dalton over Jameis Winston which is good for people who had Alvin Kamara, even though Alvin Kamara didn't really do a ton. Well, he didn't do a ton on the ground, but he did get a lot of looks in the passing game. But um, yeah, that I don't know if uh, Dennis Allen still thinks that Andy Dalton's going to be the guy going forward. If, because it's just kind of a, it's a coaching decision. Basically it's not, it's not a, about health anymore it's about which quarterback gives you the best chance to win and the saints just aren't a good team right now but chris Olave coming back looked really good um we had, we had a kevin white sighting which is interesting good run by kevin white yeah and um the aforementioned juan johnson set t tight end two on the week with uh, two games left to play so i don't know that's all i got for the saints really I think it comes down. It comes really. It just comes down to what personnel they have. If if they have no Michael Thomas, I don't really know if there's a reason to start Jameis Winston because Jameis wants to push the ball downfield. And Chris Olave is a, he's a star. Seven catches, 106 yards. It's proven that he could do it, but with both Jameis and Andy Dalton, it really just comes down to what's the situation with Michael Thomas. If Michael Thomas, you're telling me, is going to be there then odds are he'll probably, you know, get there'll be more success that comes from Michael Thomas playing with Jameis than there will with Andy Dalton. But then you need to also look at Alvin Kamara. And Alvin Kamara has had much better numbers 
with Andy Dalton than with Jameis Winston. So it, it just comes down to what exactly what they want to do with, with with the offense and who's going to be there. And, and, and honestly, I've asked around. I, I've definitely tried to do my due diligence as to, you know, what the hell's going on. And I really haven't gotten a clear answer from, from anybody as to who the starter for New Orleans is going to be going forward. I think they're just really kind of doing this on a game-by-game -game basis. They know Jameis' back is all messed up. And they know that the longer that they hold Jameis out, the more time he has to heal. And it's not like Andy Dalton has been too terrible by Andy Dalton standards. Yeah, he had three picks, which was which was brutal, but he had 361 yards and four touchdowns. So yeah. and also, I mean, you have a situation where the Saints at this point in the season, they're not, they don't look good. Like they're not going anywhere. So there's no there's no reason to rush uh, James Winston back if you think he's going to be the guy. And they are a rebuilding team. They're like I don't know. They're on the they're teetering on the middle. They're on the fence between a rebuilding team and a contending team because they have pieces that they that would fit on a contending team, but the quarterback play sucks, and they just can't put it together for wins. They need a quarterback. They need a quarterback desperately. Yeah. But uh, next game, going on to the Sunday slate. And one, one more thing about the Saints. Please yes. do not make Jawan Johnson a thing. He is not a thing. He he's definitely isn't. But for this next game, I have a question for you. So, and you probably know the answer to this. So the top three of the top five players in fantasy as of right now, because, because we haven't played Sunday night or Monday night, Three of the top five players in fantasy and full point PPR play for one team. The Cincinnati Bengals. And those three players are Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd. Correct. You love to see it. So this was a fantastic game from Joe Burrow and from Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase, even though Jamar Chase did get injured for a bit in this game. Right. Uh, yeah. On, yeah. Yeah. There was a little, a little nerves that were creeping in with anybody who had Jamar chase thinking that maybe he pulled up or something, but nah, he was, he was fine. And Jamar chase did Jamar chase like things. Yep. And honestly, it wasn't even like, and it was a pretty good game for Joe Mixon. Also, it was a kind of a nice bounce back for him. Finally yeah, he scoring. Needed he needed he did. it. He really did. But this is kind of what you expect for the Bengals against the Falcons. And it really does feel like they're finding their groove heading into the, the uh, middle part of the season. Yeah, yeah. It looks like the offense has found a rhythm that works, which is which is good. Um, Joe Burrow is Joe Cool again. I mean, leading leading all fantasy and scoring for the second week in a row. I mean, I mean, come on now, come on now. And and, and not to mention, I, I believe he also has three straight weeks with a rushing touchdown, which is icing on top of the cake. Chef's kiss. But yeah, Bengals look great. Chase is Chase. T had an, T Higgins had a nice day, nice little bounce back day. Five for ninety four, seven targets for him. Uh, Tyler Boyd did a lot of his business off of a monster touchdown in the first quarter of that game. But e e even then, you, you still take you still take the long touchdown away. Tyler Boyd is still hovering at around hundred yards. Yeah, it's like ninety five. 
if you take out the 60 yard touchdown. Yep. Yeah. It's 95 on the button. 95 on the so, button. So who had who had seven for 95, which is a which is a great day. My only thing with Boyd is it's just it's so so risky because the volume just isn't there. Because well, before this, he was 6.7, 6.2, 12.6 in full point PPR. Like it's not that's not super sustainable for me. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like you know that Jamar Chase is going to get his because Jamar Chase is the number one, literally and figuratively, in this yeah. offense. Uh-huh. But it's like who between Boyd and Higgins is going to go off as a secondary option in the offense on that given day. And that's your that's your real question mark for for the Bengals. 99 times out of 100, I'm always going to bet that it's going to be T. Higgins. Well, yeah, because T. Higgins is a better receiver than Boyd is. Right, right. And I also want to point out that Chase is going to have a date with Denzel Ward next week. So I think next week could be a T. Higgins week. Interesting. Okay. So just just a little observation out there. And then and then Hayden Hurst had a pretty nice day too. Again, we talked about how bad the tight ends were, but 6 for 48, not bad. Not bad. That's, that's pretty pretty damn good. That's good. That's actually good for t, for tight end 7 on the week. Well, what can you expect? It was a Hayden Hurst revenge game. That is true. That is true. The only thing he didn't do was score. Yeah. Uh for the Falcons, I'm surprised that with how negative the game script was that Marcus Mariota only threw 13 times. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there are a lot of concerns with the Falcons offense now. Ma- major, major, major concerns because I look at, I look at this offense and they are in a game where they are losing and they are losing by a significant amount. And Drake London has one catch for nine yards on one target. That is super concerning. It and really even, is. Even Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts, three for nine on five targets. Yeah. And Marcus Mariota's stat line could have looked a lot worse if not for Demir Bird's 75 yard touchdown. Sure. Sure. Can absolutely make that case. And, and it's true. It's 100% true. And I mean, at this point, I don't even think the running backs are worth it when Cordero Patterson comes back. Victor Algier did score a touchdown in this game. Good for him. But uh, 50 yards on 16 carries, you're just not, it's not great. It really isn't. And especially with how the game was going, I'm surprised that they still kept going with the rush with the uh rushing attack at that point. But the yeah, the Falcons offense, like you said, super concerning. Not a huge fan. Can't confidently even, start anybody on the Falcons at this point. I don't even know if Cordero Patterson is super appealing right now for when he comes back. I don't know. Yeah. Because I can I, I can see I, that. I, I've always been told this. And I've said it on the show a thousand times, and I'll say it again. While Cordero Patterson is a sexy name, he fills a void. He is mommy, and we love mommy here. 
Cordero Patterson is not going to be the guy that helps you win a fantasy championship. I don't think anybody in the Atlanta Falcons is a guy that there's no one on the Falcons that's going to help you win a fantasy championship because they're a bad team. Good players on bad teams don't help you win championships. It's good players on great teams that help you win championships. So I don't really know if Cordero Patterson is like the super sexy name that I want to go and try and trade for. Like, obviously, if the Cordero Patterson manager is in a shitty situation, of course, try and make a move. Sure. But at what cost? At what cost are you going to go and do that? Yeah, it doesn't seem right. And like... Cordell Patterson has definitely been hot and cold throughout his time with the Falcons. Sure. And really his career in general has been very hot and cold. Well, Arthur Arthur Smith has found something with him for sure. So if you want to take the gamble on that, I understand the gamble, but am I going out of my way? And like, I don't know. I was offered Cordero Patterson in the league for Juju Smith-Schuster. And I said, no. And that was a guy that I was hell-bent on wanting to trade. I wanted to trade Juju like the plague. And I said no. Yeah, that's that is uh, speaks speaks volumes. And it was a very hard no. It was a very difficult no. But I wanted to do it. My gut said do it. But at the end of the day, I just kind of sat with my head. It's like, does Cordero Patterson win me a championship? And the answer probably is no. Now, I wish I would have done it because now I don't have any goddamn running backs. Thank you, Brees Hall and the New York Jets. Hey, listen, it was the Broncos that did that. No, it was the New York Jets being the New York Jets that caused that injury. They were in Denver. The Jets can't have nice things. No, no, we can't. Uh, we did win, but no, no, we can't. We can't have nice Did you things. really win? Well, what, would you, what would you rather, Adam? Win I'd the rather game, win, win I, the game and lose Brees Hall, or lose the game and keep Brees Hall. I'd rather lose the game and keep Brees Hall. There you go. Anyway, let's move on to your team, the Detroit Lions, heading into Dallas for Dak's first game back from injury, and Dak. What a guy. What a guy. Welcome back, King. Yeah, it was a great, it was a pretty solid game from Dak. You know, that late touchdown definitely helps. Peyton Hendershot. Great name. Great name. Really great name, actually. It was, it was, it was a it was a shake off the rust sort of game from from Dak. It was. Um, but he'll work, he'll work back. He has Chicago next week at home. Then they have their bye. And then it's gear up for Green Bay. That game lo- that game looks like it's going to be a blowout in in Dallas's favor. No, 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 no. No, no. Aaron Rodgers makes a living off of beating up on the Dallas Cowboys. I expect the Packers to put up 40 points in that game. <laughs> I'd be shocked. With how their offense looks. It is my history of knowing Aaron Rodgers against the Cowboys. It, we'll get to this because I have a lot of things to say about this game, but how in God's name 
did we lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week one? Yeah, I know. That's that's absurd. We'll get there. We'll get there. But Dak looked great. Zeke got his two touchdowns. This is what Zeke is. Zeke is a touchdown or bust guy. If he gets you your touchdown, he won't kill you. If he doesn't get you your touchdown, you're screwed. He's, a, goal, he's a vulture. He's a glorified goal line vulture now. Um, in a way, in a way, because Zeke Zeke had his runs. Zeke had his runs in this game where, where, where he looked pretty good and he was able to turn it back, but also was against Detroit. Rashad Penny had a 130 plus yard rushing day against the Detroit Lions. So take everything that you saw with a very fine grain of salt. Keep riding with Zeke, though, for right now. Honestly, honestly, trade him. Trade Zeke. Get what you can. Yeah, because before before you know it, my prediction is going to be right. Let's have an update on that on that prediction, shall we? Let's have a let's have a score update. So Ezekiel Elliott has on the season. They don't have total points for the year. Oh, they do. Oh, they do. He has seventy-seven and a half fantasy points on the year, Zeke, and Pollard has seventy-one and a half. Okay, you're six shy. That's closer than I thought it was going to be. You're six shy. You know, in the meantime, you roll you roll with your Cowboys and, and their and their running backs. CD, it was a fine day, four for seventy. Would have liked it if he scored, to be quite honest. Uh, Michael Gallup with only two targets. That's um, interesting. Interesting, Very interesting. Not the word I would use. Concerning is the word I would use. Um. Yeah, a little. A little concerning. Um, they're just saving him for week 16 when they play the Eagles and he goes off for seven catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown. So what you're saying is that he's the new Amari Cooper? Correct. Okay. Correct. Just just let, just let, confirming that. Just clarifying? Yeah. I get, uh, there'll, be, there'll be better days ahead for Gallup. There, 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 there will be. I'm not, I'm not worried about it, um, but he's not a guy that, I mean, I wasn't starting Gallup before this, so you just got to see it. You got to see it. He has a good matchup next week versus Chicago, and you see what you what you get from there. But he's not really in that super startable range, really. And then for the t- and then for the tight ends, Dalton Schultz back with Dak Prescott, and he got his five for forty nine. Well, who could who could have predicted that? It's such a difficult prediction that. Dak Prescott would throw to his tight ends. Oh, and the Dallas Cowboys are also a defense that no one is giving any sort of credit to. Yeah, I mean, that was a it was a pretty solid defensive performance. Jared Goff turned the ball over four times. He looked awful. And like this Detroit team that was the number one offense, it feels like it feels like years ago that, that was the case. Because they have looked pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And I think the one thing that is, I don't know if it's concerning because Jamal Williams is still fine, even though he did fumble in this game. DeAndre Swift, like they thought that he was going to play. People thought he was going to play this week, but he ended up being inactive on uh, like this morning. So, um, you know, still monitor those injury reports to see that. But 
I don't know. It's a weird, weird situation for, for Detroit. I was pretty convinced that Swift was going to play. And then when I saw that he wasn't playing, I was a little surprised. I was definitely a little surprised. Um, but with that being said, you're still going to hold on. You're going to hope he plays next week. I would say, though, and I wonder if, well, I mean, you've waited this long. So it's kind of like, you know, if you trade him, it kind of defeats the purpose. But if there's any doubt going into next week, I wonder if there are teams that are two and five or three and four that maybe consider are considering trying to trade Swift if they need a win. Yeah, well, I mean, what are you going to get for DeAndre Swift? You do, you have to package him with Jamal Williams at that point, just because of the of the risk yeah. factor. Yeah, but I mean, if someone offered me Damian Pierce for both, I would do it. Oh, I would definitely do that. Someone offered me. It's tough. It's really tough. I'm just trying to think of like running backs that are in like. If someone, I don't know if I would do this, but in a in a certain situation, I could see people doing it. If someone were to offer you Zeke and Pollard for Swift and Williams, I think I would do that. I think there's a part of me that says no. There's another part of me that says yes. It feels like you're trading your problems at that point. Kind of, but I think the team that has Zeke and Pollard is in a better position than the team that had Swift and Williams. I would think. Yes. And there is more upside where you're starting. You can definitely start both Zeke and Pollard if you have, if your roster has the flexibility to do that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Well, you, what were you before this? Before this week, I would have said maybe Aaron Jones for both after, after this week, after this week, I don't know if the Aaron Jones manager would do that. Yeah. And honestly, same thing for Joe Mixon. You probably could have swung something like that for Mixon. That's still an interesting one because the thing with Mixon is that the, the lack of catches is a little, is a little bit concerning a, a little bit. Maybe, maybe. What about? All right, I'll I'll give you a good one. I'll give you a good one. Okay. What if someone were to offer you Kamara? Ooh, who hasn't scored yet? Still, still hasn't scored. Still hasn't scored. And they can go back to Jameis at any moment. I wouldn't take that. I think it really depends if you need a win. If you're two and five, I think you do that. If you're three and four, I think you can wait it out. Honestly, if I'm two and five, I don't know if I would necessarily do that. Because you Jamal need a Williams, win. You need a win. Yeah. You need a win. And plain and simple, Alvin Kamara is going to outscore Jamal Williams every single time as long as Andy Dalton is the quarterback. That's true. But and 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 by the way. Um, Alvin Kamara next week. He has a home date with the Las Vegas Raiders. So, oh boy, Alvin Kamara scores next week. You heard it here first. <laughs> Probably. 
But granted, hey, Damian Pierce didn't score against them, so. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We'll get to that. Yeah, and very, very quickly before we move on to the next, before we move on to the next game, Alonzo um, St. Brown did suffer a concussion. Um, is undergoing the proper concussion protocols, everything like that, uh, and we're kind of hoping that he plays next week. But with the way that concussions are right now, there is a real chance that Amon Ross St. Brown misses next week, and we're talking about St. Brown being back week nine. I'm starting to think of what week we're in. Week nine against Green Bay, and that he would miss next week versus Miami. Interesting. Yeah, well, that was a pretty pretty bad hit to the head that he's you got basically got a forearm to the head forearm to the head while turned around so he couldn't even yeah. brace himself it was it was rough gnarly hit yeah really yeah. gnarly hit but uh yeah anyway next game indianapolis going to tennessee this game was weird honestly mm-hmm. if you started the quarterbacks my condolences because you got fucked <laughs> by both of them. Um, if you started the running backs, if you started Derrick Henry, then Mazeltov, you got a good game from him. You got a typical Derrick Henry day, except without uh, a touchdown. But if you started Jonathan Taylor, then you also, you know, had a pretty solid day PPR wise. But otherwise, it just wasn't great. I mean, if you started the Titans defense also. You probably you had a pretty good day as well. Oh my god! If you're the Titans defense, I mean, you did you did really well. You did real real well. Um, yeah, it was it was a good day for Derrick Henry. Outside of that, for the Titans, it was just kind of like, Ugh. but defense. If you started the defense, congratulations. I mean, that was a, a ballsy ballsy start, but at the end of the day, it, pay, it paid off. It paid off in a big way. But for the Colts, Matt Ryan can never be started in fantasy again. I dropped Matt Ryan. I dropped, no, sorry. I dropped Daniel Jones to start Matt Ryan. And that was just a terrible call on my part. I don't know what I was thinking, um, considering I had Daniel Jones higher in my ranks than I had Matt Ryan. And I just chose to ignore my ranks and go off of my gut. And my gut was wrong. Um, Jonathan Taylor, there, there, there's got to be concern. This offense is just not good enough. Yeah, and it's a and major, major worry. It's like the concern is that the offense just doesn't score enough touchdowns. That's the I, thing. Right. That's spot on. Because the yardage is there. The catches are there for Taylor. But he just doesn't score. He hasn't been scoring. That's the thing. Mm-mm. Nope. He hasn't, he hasn't been scoring enough. And that is definitely a major, major, major concern. Now, I wonder, going back to the whole DeAndre Swift thing, Someone offers you DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams for Jonathan Taylor. Ooh, that's like that. Is... The upside I'd think about it. for Taylor, I would think about it too. It depends on scoring too. That's also in, true. I think in half, I would consider it in full. I don't think I would if you're telling me Swift is back next week. And that's the thing. Because you just don't know if Swift is right, going to be back. Right, right. You have no idea. You have no idea. But that's a that's an interesting proposal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Alec Pierce didn't do a ton of things either. 
in this game. Paris Campbell had a solid game. And and I think you're you're worried about the not just Jonathan Taylor, you're worried about all the receivers for the Colts at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Matt Ryan is good enough. And Adam, you said it before that there may not be enough touchdowns in this offense to go around to support multiple consistent fantasy assets. Yep. You it's basically just like you get one random touchdown a week. Right. At that point. Right. And you're hoping it's your guy. Yeah. And, and most of the time it isn't just because mm-hmm. that's how it goes. Uh, you want, let, okay. Let's talk about there. We had a back-to-back controversial, not even controversial back-to-back games where you had quarterbacks shooting the bed, green Bay and Washington. Oh boy. A great game from Aaron Jones. Fantastic game from Aaron Jones. Welcome back, Aaron Jones. Welcome back, Aaron Jones. Horrible game for Romeo Dobbs. Yeah, and, I mean, and Jake Jake said it on the review show last week that when watching the Jets game, he got the impression that Romeo Dobbs is not that good. Um, I did watch a pretty significant part of this game because I did want to see how the Packers looked offensively. And I would agree with everything that Jake said. I just don't think Romeo Dobbs is that good. And this is a matchup where Romeo Dobbs, he, he should have had a good time with it. The commanders allow the, I believe it's the fifth most fantasy points to receivers coming into this week. And Romeo Dobbs had a donut. Yeah. And a donut on four targets also. So it's not like it's, it's just, he just didn't do a lot in this game. He didn't do anything in this game. No. And, you know, he almost had a catch. He almost had one catch, but then he just dropped it. Almost only counts with horseshoes and hand grenades, Adam. That is correct. But, uh, you know, this is the one first time in three weeks that Alan Lazard didn't score, uh, which is interesting. But the Packers, I, I just don't know with the Packers. Like, you can't expect Aaron Jones to just catch two receiving touchdowns and be one of the best players in fantasy on a week-to-week basis. This offense is still concerning. And you just don't – I don't know. Aaron Rodgers didn't even pass for 200 yards. Like, against the commanders. This team sucks, like, defensively. Yeah. It, it's, it's super worrying. It's very worrying. Mm-hmm. Oh, very much so. Very, very much so. And the rushing numbers – Make me want to claw my eyes out. Yeah, they can't run the ball. They can't pass the ball. Aaron Rodgers might have uh, a pretty gnarly injury. Not good. It's not. It's not good. It is alarming, to say the least. Yeah. On the other side, Carson Wentz was placed on IR, so he's going to miss the next now three games, at least. And we knew that once Taylor Heineke was going to, was back in this offense, the Terry McLaurin was going to eat. And here we are. Here this we is are. just how it goes. Yeah, McLaurin got his. Granted, it was on a 40 something yard touchdown, I believe it was 42. I want to say the number was off the top of my head. I think it's, was it 37? You could be right. It is 37. I'm looking at the, right. I'm looking at the box score. I'm looking at the box score. Yeah. Yeah, McLaurin, he got his, 
And uh, Carson Wentz, stay away. Yeah. And even for Samuel. Get well soon, but stay away. The thing is also that we thought, or I mean, there's like kind of a lingering thought that Curtis Samuel being Curtis Samuel, like doing what he doing well was a Carson Wentz thing. And he was just focusing on Curtis Samuel and that's it. But he did well in this game also, you know, with Taylor Heineke under center. Well, it also and, helped. There, also helped. There was no Diami Brown and uh, and Jahan Dotson. That most certainly helped. Yeah, and oh boy, I don't know what's going on with Jahan Dotson. That hamstring injury is seems like it's uh, it's killer. He reaggravated him. it on Thursday. Oh my god! He was all set. He was all set to play, and then in practice, he felt to go. That's not good. So, that's yeah, a it's a week to week situation. Monitor the practice reports with with Dotson. But if he if he can't go and if Diami Brown can't go, more for Curtis Samuel and more for Terry McLaurin. Yeah, basically. Brian Robinson looked good. Antonio Gibson got a touchdown too. The whole Antonio Gibson thing is weird because he's he's just not going away. I wish he would. I wish he would go away. He's kind of he's kind of taking up the JD McKissick role, which is which is which is weird. But Robinson is still flex level play. Gibson is still a flex level play. I don't know. There's also something about Robinson too, that it just, it doesn't look great the way that he runs. I think I heard, you know, we talk about the eye test a lot, Jake and I, we talk about the eye test and who passes it. Robinson doesn't pass it for me. He looks like, He's running like it's the last run of his career. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And like sometimes that's good when you're fighting for every last yard. But yeah, it just doesn't look smooth. No, it doesn't look smooth at all, which is I don't want to say it's alarming. I think he's gonna get every opportunity to run away with this job, but as long as Washington is winning games, he'll have he'll have it he'll have a shot at it, which obviously hope he takes and hopefully he uh, he he runs with it. But he's getting the volume on the ground, which is which is obviously good. Uh, he gets the Colts next week that were just absolutely carved to pieces by Derrick Henry. So again, he's he he he's a flex level play. That's that's probably the only thing I would consider him right now. Yeah, I agree. Because Washington, it feels like they want to throw, get their touchdowns from their receivers at this point. And with Taylor Heineke, it's it's a totally different ball game, really. So, um, yeah, I don't know. And the offense, we just don't know how it's going to look on a week to week basis because the offense is not is not great. You know, I'm encouraged that Heineke looked okay it's encouraging i think this is the best it's the best that washington offense has looked all year to me yeah and it's probably more of a thing that carson Wentz is more injured than the commanders let on and that's why the offense was uh stalled out mo- for a lot of the year or he just oh, stunk or he just stunk it could definitely be that but this next game is this is the game that you want to talk about. 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh God. Oh God. Going into uh, Bank of America Stadium and absolutely laying the biggest egg of all time. I think it might be fair to say this might be the most embarrassing loss of Tom Brady's career. I think it's fair to say. He did lose to the Browns in 2010. He did. He did. That was the other game that I considered. This could be worse because he came out of retirement for this. He came out of retirement. He left his family. I I, I don't want to, you know, bring personal matters into it, but everyone knows the current rumors that are going around with Brady. So I'll leave it at that. He chose football over that. And to me, I look at the state of this team, and this is a team. This is it's the worst rushing offense in the National Football League. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is crazy, which is crazy to me. The defense, the defense, I don't know what happened to this defense today. I, I don't know. I I saw Devin White missing tackles. That never happens. That never happens. Where and Devin White is out there just whiffing. And Todd Bowles was the defensive coordinator. Yep. Yep. And I hate I hate giving Jets fans credit for anything because you're all insufferable, terrible, awful people. But every Jets fan in the world did say the Buccaneers are going to find out what a bad coach Todd Bowles is. We tried to warn you. He's I not give good. the Jets fans credit because they knew what they were talking about. The Tobbles with the Jets, outside of the Fitzmagic year of 2015, the, those teams were lifeless. They committed a lot of penalties, and they found ways to, cho- to blow games. Yep. And they didn't show up. Yep. And I, couldn't is, have, I couldn't have said that much better myself. And that's what this team is now. That's what this Buccaneers team is. They, yeah. This team is too good to only score three points against Carolina. A Carolina team that just traded their best player, A, is starting a backup quarterback, B, and has nobody and was playing backups in the secondary. Yep. It doesn't make any sense. Listen, Mike Evans had a good day. He had a lot of yards, 18 points and full point PPR. Tom Brady racked up a bunch of yards. But, and Mike Evans was a little gimpy too. Yeah, the, I was worried about that. Mike Ooh, Evans, Mike, lim- Evans was. Mike Evans limped back to the formation. I'm like, why the fuck is he still in this game? Because it's Mike Evans, and Mike Evans wasn't coming out as long as Tom Brady was in there. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was rough, but um, that's, the, that's the only thing. That's the only positive for this game. I mean, Leonard Fournette looked terrible. Rashad White looked terrible. It was meant to be a get-right game for the Bucs, and it wasn't. Yep. And, you know, you look at the schedule for Tampa moving forward. Baltimore on Thursday night, then the Rams, then at home versus Seattle. Granted, it, it is three straight at home. That helps. That helps a ton. But, like, oof, oof, oof. That th- I tell you, that Thursday night game is going to be interesting. Yeah, and we'll get to the Ravens. Yeah, we'll we'll get to the Ravens because there are definitely some things I want to say about the Ravens as well. Um, 
but yeah, just a dud game for the Bucks. And then for the Panthers, DJ Moore, welcome back to life. Who knew? Who knew all that was needed was for Christian McCaffrey to leave town, Baker Mayfield to be injured, and P.J. Walker to be the starting quarterback, and D.J. Moore comes back to life. And also Robbie Anderson to get traded to Arizona. And Robbie Anderson to get dealt to Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Great stuff. Great, 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 great stuff from D.J. Moore. Am I starting him next week? Absolutely not. I I need to see it again. Do it again as we always say. Um, and then for Carolina, Chuba Hubbard left this game with an ankle injury. So if there is no Chuba, Chuba Hubbard, fire up Deonta Foreman next week versus Atlanta. Yep. You know what? I actually do take that back about DJ Moore. I think I would start him next week because I, I completely forgot that AJ Terrell left for the Falcons with what looked like to be a hamstring injury. So, I probably would be starting DJ Moore next week. Oh, that's not bad. Completely yeah. forgot that, that Terrell got hurt. So I actually think DJ Moore is going to be in a startable range next week, which is wild, which is absolutely wild. But yeah. here we are. Here we are. And I think the one thing with this game is like, is this just like a aberration? Your coach just got fired and your best player just got traded let's prove all the doubters wrong kind of game. Or is this like a, actually it was Baker Mayfield sucks and Matt rule is a terrible coach. And we just needed to kind of, we just needed to write the ship. We needed that to happen to write the ship. I mean, we talk about it in the Premier league all the time. We talk about the, the new manager bounce that clubs kind of get. It's true. Could be the same thing here. Yep. Who knows? But we'll see you next week against Atlanta. Yep. And, and not, to, not to mention, too, with everything that happened today, the Panthers are one game out of first place in the NFC South. I know. How crazy Which is, is that? Which is nuts. Which is nuts. It's like it's opposite day. Yeah. They can get some steady production from the quarterback position. Never say never with the way this NFC South is shaping up. It's true. I mean... Oh my god! I can't even imagine who's it. So who is in first place? Is it Tampa. Atlanta? Oh, Tampa. it is Tampa. Tampa owns a tiebreak. Okay. I was about to. Yeah, that's that's crazy. <laughs> that's absolutely absurd. Uh, let's stay in the South and talk about the Giants beating Jacksonville. And the big story in this game is. I'm sorry, James Robinson. We're going to have to take you behind the woodshed and put you out of your misery. Apparently, he, he was hurt in practice, and that was the reason why they held him out. That is what, that's, pl- what Doug, that's what Doug Peterson at least alluded to. But he played in this game. He played, but he didn't get a single touch. No, but he got – well, he should have caught a touchdown if Trevor Lawrence didn't overthrow him by like five yards. True. True. But, but it's – it, it, yeah. it's, it's ETN time. It is ETN time. Over 100 yards rushing. Or over 100 yards total offense. Excuse me. He looked. No, he did have 100 yards rushing. He did go over 100. Okay, so I, I was right on both fronts. He had a 114. Okay, he did, he did go over. He did go over the century mark. It's his time. It's his time. He has to be the guy going forward for Jacksonville. 
And if you have James Robinson and you were a zero RB, a zero RB guy and you went James Robinson like I did, um, yeah, it's time to try and get something for James Robinson. And when I say get something for James Robinson, I mean get something for James Robinson that could help you. And you're probably only getting that from the Travis Etienne manager. Yeah, basically. Although Travis Etienne did have one of the most hilarious fumbles I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, it was, pr- it was pretty comical. It was actually kind of <laughs> wild that it happened. I couldn't believe what I was watching, to be to be quite fair. Yeah, I was like, how did he kick it up that far? It, almost, it was almost as bad as the Mike Evans drop touchdown. I think that was that was an early sign of what was to come for the Bucks against the Panthers, to be fair. Mike Evans dropped a, seven, a 75-yard touchdown. Yeah. Although, you know, the fun thing about this game is that even though he didn't score, it was an Evan Ingram revenge game. It was. It was and an Evan did, Ingram revenge game. He did do okay. Yeah, he was fine. He was fine. Again, in a week full of really shitty tight end performances, if you started Evan Ingram, he did not sink you. Yeah. But you just wish that Trevor Lawrence... Like he puts, like he put up the yards, but you just wish he would throw. You just have some passing touchdowns there. Yeah, yeah, no, no touchdowns for him definitely hurt. But then, uh, well, he had the rushing. He had a rushing touchdown actually. Yeah, but, he did the rushing touchdown, which helped. But no passing touchdowns. You, you just need to change that at this yep. point. Yep, and and good signs for Christian Kirk that he had ten targets in this game. That that definitely is is encouraging. Yep, Zay Jones did as well, but. I don't think anybody is, uh, you know, rushing to immediately pluck Zay Jones into uh, into their lineups. I agree. Uh, for the Giants, I mean, Daniel Jones, what a game for Daniel Jones. Oof. I think it's time I give the Giants a little bit of credit. I mean, Brian Dables, the first coach since 1920 for the New York Giants to start six and one. And you since look at 1920, you mean? The year that the NFL started, 1920? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. The first head coach in the history of the Giants franchise to go 6-1 and one in his first season. And with all the shit that's been going on with this team, with Kenny Galladay being a no-show, Kadarius Toney being a no-show, not really knowing what the deal is going to be in the future with Daniel Jones, whether he's the guy that they want or not. A lot of questions coming into the year about what is this team really? Is this kind of like a wing year? And then you really start to see the the fruit of the loins next year. This Giants team is good. This Giants team is good. Granted, I, I put I put the brakes on on it a little bit when you consider that the Giants, if you really look at their schedule minutely, they're only one hugely impressive win is against Baltimore. I'm not saying that that their start is not impressive because it is there. It is. They are for real. Great, great, great job by Brian Dable, but they don't really play anybody that is super imposing. Like, I mean, the Titans, the Titans, the rest of their schedule, Adam, the Titans were okay. Titans were okay. Sure, but it's also Ryan Tannehill. They play. Here's the rest of their schedule. Seattle, Houston, Detroit, Dallas, Washington, Philly, Washington, Minnesota, Indianapolis, Philly. Ooh, that's a really easy schedule. 
It's a very easy schedule. But I mean, you only play the teams on your schedule, and yeah, people keep... ab- absolutely, you beat the teams that you are supposed to beat, and because they're doing the, that. People were giving the Jets shit for for beating up on backup quarterbacks, and sure. I don't want I don't want to hear it. And this yeah. is the same thing with the Rangers last year in the playoffs. And you know that you only you only beat the you play the guys in, that are in front of you. Right. Right. That's it. Because if they if they lose those games, we're saying, oh, they lost to uh, they they uh, they lost to the Jaguars. Oh, they're not for real. But when they beat the Jaguars, it's oh, but they only beat the Jaguars. Yeah. So it's a lose lose. It's a lose lose. And I know I was the one that started the whole conversation, but it, it is something to point out, but they are winning these games, which fair play to them. They probably are going to be a playoff team at this rate. If we're being really honest with ourselves, they're probably going to be a playoff team. And I really want them to play the Cowboys in the playoffs. That's all. That would be interesting. Oh, I'd love it. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Is this like a Kevin Keegan? I would love it. Um. It would be more of a me being hopeful that we can actually beat the Giants in the playoffs and get revenge for 2008. Oh, yeah. That's right. That was a, yeah, funnier for the Giants. Yeah, still have murder in my mind from 2008. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that was a team of destiny. I don't want to hear about no team of destiny bullshit. Eli sucks. <laughs> There you go. There's my there's my anti there's my anti giant slander. Okay, fair enough. Uh, last game of the one o'clock slate is Cleveland and Baltimore. This game, there was some stuff going into this game with J.K. Dobbins having surgery. He's going to be out for four to six weeks, and I am so happy I didn't agree to that trade that you offered me because I would have been very screwed. Gus Bus, baby. Yeah. Good for Gus Bus. Fantastic for, for the Gus Bus. Look good. He looked good. He looked powerful. That's what I like. I like that. And he does bring something different to the table than J.K. Dobbins does. And even Kenyon Drake does. He brings that true north-south physical style of running to the table, which is good, which is what Baltimore needs. Um, but outside of that, this is a whole lot of dog shit from Baltimore. Sure was. They tried everything, and I mean everything in their power to lose this game. Yeah. They, they really tried to just screw it up all over again. But they didn't because Cleveland Bra- Cleveland with Cleveland was marinate was raised in blowing games. Yep. If there's one team this year that knows how to blow games more than Baltimore does, it's Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, so they got they got saved by that. Lamar was awful. Rashad Bateman was awful. Granted, he had a tough matchup against Denzel Ward, so I won't I'll give him a little bit of slack for that. But then Mark Andrews. Here's what I said during the day. And I, I was and I was sent this by somebody, and I didn't really think about it, but I was like, you know, huh. That could be something. Mark Andrews did not practice Wednesday, Thursday with a knee injury. Did practice in a limited capacity on Friday. That had decoy written all over him. 
Ooh, that's actually not a bad idea. It was a great shout when I heard it. I was like, huh. Not too far off. I mean, it sucks for his fantasy managers. I mean, I know, I know Jake was banging the drum that this was a Mark Andrews monster game. Didn't happen. Um, but sucks to suck. What is, fa- what is fantasy football if not a series of educated guesses? Correct. Yeah, yes. <laughs> you you keep you keep riding with the Ravens. You keep riding with Lamar. Even though I'm a, I'm a little concerned with Lamar, a little bit. You keep riding with Andrews for sure. Um, and then you probably have options that are better than Bateman, to be quite honest. But you yeah, keep you yeah. keep holding him, and you hope that he that he pans out. Yeah, and then for Cleveland. Um, Kareem Hunt did okay. He had a touchdown. Good for him. I tell you what, for for a losing effort, Cleveland had better fantasy days than anybody on Baltimore, with, with the exception of Gus Edwards. Yes, Nick Chubb had a really nice day. Scored. Kareem Hunt scored. Amari Cooper had a nice day. David Njoku had a great day. Uh, I have an update on David Njoku in a minute. Um, but Cleveland. Fantasy wise, they all they all had really good days. And Donald Peoples Jones bed. had a great catch. Yeah, yeah. This has been a hotbed for fantasy production. And this is without Deshaun Watson, which is yeah. nuts. Because when he when he comes back, if if Cleveland is still in it, which maybe they will be, maybe they won't be. I don't I, I don't know. Um, when he comes back, we would talk about a real a real juggernaut for fantasy if they're doing all of this without him. Ugh. Well, I mean, you're not wrong. He who shall not be. Well, also, we have to see what he who shall not be named looks like after not playing football for a year and a half. That's going to be that's going to be something. There's going to be a lot of rust there. I am sure. I am sure of that. But you're right. Um, I'm also just getting an update about um, Njoku. DK, no DK right now. Oh, so uh, what is your that. update for David and Joku? So the update that I have was that he was spotted leaving um, the stadium today with a walking boot and crutches. Oh, well, that's not great. No, that is not good at all. Yep. All right. Well, let's move on to the four o'clock slate. Starting off, getting the jet game out of the way. Uh, Brees Hall. We hardly knew ye. Come back better next year. Good win, I guess. But the Broncos' defense is good. That's really the thing for this game. But Zach Wilson looked... Uh, the amount of times I yelled at my TV that Zach Wilson needs to step up in the pocket like every other quarterback instead of run backwards is an outstanding number of times. Because I tell you... I tell you what, and I did. I did watch a lot of this Jets game. Zach Wilson, for everything that he is and isn't, he sure as shit is entertaining. For it's neutral, fun. I don't. I, I I wouldn't love him if he was my quarterback. Trust me, because I have Dak. But if he was my quarterback, I probably would be wanting to strangle him most weeks. Um, but for a neutral, he's very entertaining. He's trying to be like Randall Cunningham or Patrick Mahomes 
or guys like that. Yeah. But he just, he doesn't have the basics. No, he, he doesn't. He doesn't have the fundamentals. I, I, I would, I would agree with that. And part of that is the offensive line, but part of that is, it feels like he has like happy feet in the pocket, where it seems like the slightest hints of pressure, he's running off to the side or running backwards. He really, really doesn't step up in the pocket, and that hurts him because. Right. The, it's like he didn't get injured on like he he didn't have an, a knee injury from scrambling uh in preseason against the eagles it's like that never even happened the way that he keeps running and putting his body on the line it's not going to work all, for his entire career it's not sustainable and no, he took some shots in that game against denver where i'm like oh you didn't need to do that what the fuck is the matter with you it's unnecessary risk and I, I agree with you. That's a hundred percent right, Adam. It's unnecessary risk, but hopefully, I don't think too many people were starting Zach Wilson. I would hope not. No, but I think it really means something for Garrett Wilson and the other receivers on the Jets if Zach Wilson can't get the ball to them. Yeah, yeah, and it definitely hurts Garrett Wilson. I mean, in the in the guillotine, I was able to pick up Garrett Wilson for zero dollars. And I was just like, okay, thank you. I'll never start you, but I mean, it's it's good depth to have, good insurance policy. Um, with Elijah Moore doing God knows what, uh, Braxton Berrios, you know, just kind of being Braxton Berrios. And now if Corey Davis is going to have a, uh, a, a, I would say a prolonged absence, we'll call it that, um, then there should be more for Garrett Wilson, more playing time for Garrett Wilson, which which is nice. And we want that because Garrett Wilson should be playing. Yes, he should be playing, but I don't know what's going to happen with Elijah Moore though. It's going to be, that's a weird situation. It's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. I I, I would agree with you. It's going to be very, very, very interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, But with Brees Hall, yes, Adam, you might want to cover your ears for this one or uh, take your headphones off and uh, I'll give you a thumbs up when it's okay to, uh, to come back. Uh, Brees Hall did suffer an ACL injury. Um, unfortunately it looks like that he is going to be out for a significant period of time, if not for the entire season, which makes Michael Carter, the number one running back for the New York jets. And I, I saw something today, which I thought was very interesting post Brees hall. And I had more than one person send this to me, including Jake, by the way, who said trade for cam Akers. You know, I did see that on Twitter. I don't know if it was Jake or one of his other co-hosts on the Jetsway podcast, but they said trade for Cam Akers. And you know what? At this point, the, this Jets team, it, listen, if this Jets team was like the past couple of years where they just weren't in it and is rebuilding, you'd be like, well, that sucks. Let's see what we have more for Michael Carter. But at this point, this this Jets team could be a contender. And trading for Cam Akers could be something. It could be something, yes. But realistically, what the New York Jets are probably going to do is probably hope Tevin Coleman goes back on the 49ers practice squad and the Jets will probably sign him. That is also probably the most likely. Or hope that Frank Gore comes out of, oh, wait, no, Adam Gaze isn't the coach anymore. I'm sorry. True. True. Yeah, exactly. Or or go for like Devontae Freeman. 
That would be that would be Jake's nightmare. Would be Devontae Freeman on the New York Jets. Can you Jake doesn't want Devontae Freeman in the league, let alone Devontae Freeman going and being part of the New York Jets. That would, be, that would that would kill him. That would actually kill Jake. He, you know, it'd be hilarious and also horrifying if the Jets were like, "Hey, Le'Veon, are you available? Can you get into? Can you get in shape in like a week?" <laughs> no, I, he he's too busy. He's too busy playing uh, playing video games to do that. No, they're probably going to sign Tevin Coleman, but he's too, busy. For, he's too busy playing Smash Bros. You know, they could trade for somebody in San Francisco. Backfield now that uh, Christian McC- sure. like Jeff sure. Wilson or Elijah Mitchell, if they would feel comfortable, I think Elijah Mitchell would be very interesting. Be very very interesting. My my whole thing too is that I don't know if they're going to want someone that has term. I think they're going to want just someone that can come in, be a change of pace guy, and be behind Michael Carter. So my, they, Michael Carter is the is the guy. They should trade for Jeff Wilson. I think that would be a, a pretty interesting addition. Yeah, but just does Jeff Wilson have any term on his on his contract? That's the, that's the thing. If he's done a one year deal, then then I could see it being plausible because, of course, uh, with the San Francisco uh, connects that are in the uh, the Jets organization right now. So, but here is Jeff Wilson's contract. He is an unrestricted free agent after the year. And also, I mean, he was an undrafted free agent. And you're yeah. like, I don't know. And he, and he was good in relief that, of Roger Mitchell. That could be very interesting. But I don't think the Niners would do it until Elijah Mitchell comes back. Which will be after the trade deadline. Right. And then they would just be like, okay, Jeff Wilson, thanks for everything. And kind of just let him ride the pine. Well, I mean, they could trade him. They could trade Jeff Wilson and be like, okay, so now it's time for Deary, uh, Tyrion Davis-Price. And um, I mean, what does that mean? What does that I mean? Yeah, I Kyle Shanahan drafted him. Kyle Shanahan also drafted Trey Sermon and was able to cut him after a year. So he's he is not attached to anybody. I don't know. Anyway, interesting scenario could be an interesting scenario. The Jets could be pretty active at the trade deadline. Maybe. Either incoming or outgoing. Or in the free agent market when they sign when they sign Tevin Coleman. Yeah, when he gets placed on the 49ers practice squad. Correct. Again. Mm-hmm. And then they poach him. Uh, any other former Niners floating around? The, maybe Jamichael Hasty. Michael Hasty is contributing in Jacksonville, unfortunately. Oh, that is unfortunate. And we, we haven't even talked about the Broncos. We've been talking about the Jets and their injuries. Um, Latavius Murray scored again. That's nice, I guess. Really, anything with the Broncos, you can't really judge it because it was Brett Ripien and not Russell Wilson. But honestly, this is just a situation that I want out of on every last level. Because the yes. Broncos are bad. They're a bad football team. They are coached terribly. They they're bad all the way around. The all one the thing around. the one thing is is that with Brett Rippon in this game, Jerry Judy did well. What Bird? pick me? Pick me, please. Yes. Do you believe me when I said that Russell Wilson is done? I do now. Granted, I also said this last year before he was traded, but 
I might be make that might make it more impressive, honestly. Yeah, no, Russell Wilson sucks. I mean, this offense looked a lot better with Brett Rippon as did. their quarterback. It did. And he did overthrow guys by like 10 yards, but you know, that <laughs> that play on the last drive where uh Jordan Whitehead almost almost had an interception the first time, the first out of three times, where that was in the end zone, but everybody on the Broncos ran curl routes. And then Brett Rippon was like, I'm fuck it, I'm going deep. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what is going on here? I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know what he was thinking. Maybe there's just a lack of communication, miscommunication, or something. But my God, I don't know what he was doing. That was hilarious. But um, there were plays earlier in the game where I'm like, oh, yep, this is backup quarterback still because he did overthrow a couple guys. Um, but otherwise, you know, he was able to get the ball to Jerry Judy, which is good. Um, not great for Cortland Sutton, even though Cortland Sutton was targeted a lot, but he was guarded by, but he was lost in the sauce for the entire game. So, you know, that's fine. Lost in the gravy. Yeah. Lost in the sauce. Oh, he was lost in the sauce. I love saying that. Like he went that. to my mother, he went to my mother's house in the Bronx and got lost in the sauce. He, he was lost. It's Sunday dinner. He got lost in the sauce. Sunday dinner. <laughs> ah, did, you, did you have a nice little Sunday dinner tonight? No, I haven't had dinner yet. It's like seven o'clock. Oh, you haven't had dinner yet? No. You haven't had your dinner? No, I haven't had dinner yet. Are your windows open? No, my windows are not open. Oh, that's a that's a shame. You putting you putting a pot of coffee on for tomorrow? You know, actually, I don't, I don't even drink coffee. What? Yeah, no, it never got into it. Granted, granted, I will say that I don't drink coffee either. But I no, I do drink coffee. But coffee makes me tired. Ironically, coffee makes me tired. Coffee puts me to sleep. I don't know. I mean, I like, I don't know. I like like lattes and stuff, but I just never oh, got into the habit. Yeah. I love latte. Like they're great. Love, love me a nice latte. But you know, I haven't gotten, I never got into the habit of like drinking it every day. Yeah. I don't drink coffee every day. That, that, that I will agree with you on. I, I don't drink coffee every day because I, I only really drink coffee when I have, um, when I have migraines. Because the caffeine helps helps break up the break up the migraine. Yeah. Anyway, the other thing from this game, Greg Dolchich, as the as a potentially good uh, tight end pickup if Russell Wilson can't go next week, he is a worthwhile add for sure. And honestly, I mean, even when Russell Wilson was playing, he was going to to uh, Dolchich a fair amount. So our good friend, Alberto is no longer a thing. Yeah. He's been a healthy scratch for the past couple of games. Yeah, he has. So not great stuff from, from that. But the crazy thing is, I don't know if you were, well, you said you watched a lot of the jet game, but they were talking about Ian Eagle and Charles Davis were talking about how they asked Nathaniel Hackett, like what was going on with the Melvin Gordon situation where he was benched in the second half of the Chargers game. And Nathaniel Hackett was like, oh, you know, we all got it squared away and we had a good talk with him. And then they asked Melvin Gordon what happened. And Melvin Gordon's like, you know, I still haven't been told why they, why I got taken out for the second half of that game. And I'm like, what a shit show. <laughs> Absolute mess. Absolute mess. It's, it's, it's very funny. 
is very, very, very funny. It's borderline embarrassing. It's nice to be on the other side of that. Yeah, when once. you could poke at someone else's organizational flaws, it is nice. Yeah. Uh, next game up is the Texans and the Raiders. Oh, this will be an easy one to cover. Yes. The Texans stink. Damian Pierce is fantastic. There are not enough touchdowns in this offense, unfortunately, and I hope Brandon Cooks gets traded. There you go. That's your, that's your Texas analysis. I really do hope Grant, Brandon Cooks gets traded to a real team. Hashtag analysis. Hashtag analysis. Uh, here's some hashtag analysis for the Raiders. Josh Jacobs is amazing. I was up by so much, and Josh Jacobs dragged my opponent back from the dead. And I'm, I'm like, I'm in a dog fight, an unnecessary dog fight that never had to happen. Just like, fuck me. Um, yeah. Yep. Josh Jacobs was, uh, was really, really good. And this is the third straight game in a row with over 30 plus points in full point PPR. Yeah. And, you know, Matt Collins could be a guy. He's, it seems like he scores every week. So yeah, that's he, get, he gets more looks than than Hunter Renfro does, which is um, very, very interesting. Yeah, that is very interesting. And I, have Devontae, to, I, have to, I have to say, go ahead, Adam. I, I apologize. I was just going to state the obvious, like Devontae Adams is still getting, tar- getting all the targets and the yards, but he isn't scoring. But um, yeah, Matt Collins just seems to get touchdowns every week. It's weird. I have to say the one thing, and you know I'm not the biggest Josh McDaniel fan in the world, but the one thing that he has done really, really well, and I will give him a lot of credit for, is how he has managed Josh Jacobs and how he has made Josh Jacobs his go-to guy. I love that. That's great. Great for fantasy. I just wonder, because you know me, I'm always looking at guys that I could sell high on. I wonder if Josh Jacobs is one of those guys that I'm looking to sell high on. But then I look at the schedule and I say, New Orleans next week just got gashed by, you know, Benjamin Jacksonville just got gashed by Saquon Barkley and Indianapolis and Daniel Jones. Indianapolis just got gashed by Derrick Henry. Denver just got gashed by Michael Carter slash Brees Hall. Seattle gets gashed by everybody on defense, except for you're the, fucking chargers the chargers they can't stop anybody then the rams then the patriots then the steelers then the niners that's how he ends the season i just wonder with that playoff schedule that he has which is a little tricky i wonder if there is an opportunity to get an absolute haul for jacobs you know, that's actually, it's a very opportunistic view that you have. Very. Because you can get, Josh Jacobs' value has never been higher than this. Ever. Literally. you Ever. The thing is, you have to weigh that against your current returns for keeping Josh Jacobs. And this is, you know, economics. Where it's like, well, yeah. You have to think about, is is the production that you're getting from Josh Jacobs currently going to be that much better if you trade him for, for somebody else? 
say you lost, say you lost Bre- uh, Brees Hall and DK Metcalf today. Someone offers you DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Swift, John, uh, and uh, Jamal Williams. DeAndre Hopkins, I'd think about it. Hopkins, Swift, Williams. Ooh. Well, that could in full, in full point PPR. I would really think about that. Yeah, that could be interesting. Because if you have another option behind, like, say you have Brees Hall, you probably have Michael Carter. You could elevate Michael Carter, you get DeAndre Swift, and then you can add DeAndre Hopkins. I would consider that. I would consider that. If you're a bubble team, if you think you're going to be like a bubble team in the playoffs and you think that you're like uh, a, a running back and receiver away from being a real contender, then yeah, yeah, I, I would do that. Yes. But it's I, just... You have yeah. to think about it. You have to. Yes. And you can't expect this level of production every week, but you do know that Josh Jacobs is getting the majority of the carries. And it's not like it was last year and the year before where it was like, oh, but Kenny and Drake still has to get his 10 carries per game. This is Josh Jacobs' show. Right. This is his show. This is his show. So, so I, yeah, and I do agree with you, Adam, that it has to be the moon and the stars for you to literally, even consider it. Literally. You have to be plugging at least two holes with very good players to even consider trading Josh Jacobs. Absolutely. Yes. So let's talk about those charges that you mentioned a couple minutes ago, losing to Seattle. Are the charger, do the chargers actually suck? Brandon Staley needs to be fired immediately. What he is doing is an absolute goddamn crime in wasting Justin Herbert's career away. He really is. It's a goddamn crime. It, it really is. He is terrible. And he just comes off. Like every interview that he does, he comes off like he is just the smartest asshole in the room. He is really pretentious. I did notice that. Yes, he's a real pretentious prick. He's really pretentious. Like, like he got into coaching and he's like, I immediately, you know, I know more than all of these guys. Correct. And he thinks because he's a Sean McVay guy, that means all of a sudden that he's royalty. You've done dick. Everybody you uses analytics. Nothing. Everybody uses analytics. It's not a, it's not a new thing. Just because you use analytics doesn't mean you're the smartest guy ever. Thank you. That's spot on. And also when you're losing games like this, it, it just no, absolutely not. Yeah, it's, 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 it's bad all the way around. All the way around. I mean, the only good thing that they're doing is how they're using Austin Eckler. That's it. Literally. And the uniforms are nice. So and I also, I do, while we're on the subject, I do have an update on Mike Williams. Um, left the game with an ankle injury. The team is hopeful that Mike Williams avoided any major structural damage. So that's good. Um there is talk that he could miss a couple of games, but I think a lot of a lot of Mike Williams managers would prefer him missing a few games than the rest of the season. And the Chargers are on a bye next week, which is mwah, for anybody that yeah. has Mike Williams. Yep, absolutely. So he gets two whole weeks to 
rest up on what they're calling preliminarily right now a right ankle sprain. Yeah. And you definitely are, I don't know, you're not worried about Keenan Allen because this is his first game back after after a while, you know, after five weeks, basically, of not playing. So, and if Mike Williams is out in two weeks, then it's better for Keenan Allen. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, this offense is okay. I mean, Justin Herbert does spread the ball around. And Austin Eckler gets a lot of uh, gets a lot of volume here, but otherwise, like it's just worrying, you know. Yeah, no, I think you're 100 right. Sorry, I was getting a um, an update on DK Metcalf, the next guy we're about to talk about. Yeah, well, let's just get into that. What's going on with DK Metcalf? Just a knee injury, right? So it is a knee injury. They are uh, talking about. Um, there is belief that it may not be a serious injury, which is good. Um, but I'm just reading uh, everything right now. I'm just literally getting everything coming in um, that uh, one of the Seahawks players, Ryan Neal, said that DK Metcalf said to him that he's good, uh, that he was in good spirits. And he looked like he was in good spirits when he left on the cart. Like there are people on Twitter that were asking if he was going to take a shit. <laughs> like like he did last week, so like well, then he got like, ruled out for the game. It's like it must have been a massive shit if he was. Yeah, ruled it's out like for boy, the game. it's like boy who cried wolf. Like people didn't really <laughs> expect it, but the thing, but the thing is, which is the major concern, is like with any other major injuries, he was ruled out immediately, which is not good. Um, yeah. But the initial X rays on DK Metcalf's knee were in fact negative, and he will have under. Who undergo further evaluation when he gets back to Seattle um, within the next day or two. Yeah, and then that's the thing, because like you think of two similar situations. Brees Hall, DK Metcalf, both yep. carted off the field, both ruled out immediately. One's yep. out for the season, one optimistic they can only miss a couple games. Right. If that. Exactly right, Adam. Spot so, on. So weird stuff for sure. Spot on. You just gotta hope that DK Metcalf will only miss a couple games and that he will uh He'll be back, but definitely not out of the woods in, in regards to that yet. Yeah, but the nice thing about this game. Oh, Kenneth Walker. My Lord. Yeah, well, now that Brees Hall's came out for the season, Kenneth Walker is the favorite for offensive rookie of the year. Yep. Yep, and he earns it. He, he's, he's earning it. He's earning it. He looks fantastic. Um, the Seahawks in general look really, really good. Lockett looked okay. I do have to say, though, if DK Metcalf is ruled out for an extended period of time, Tyler Lockett, for me, is, again, he's a sell high. Get out of the Seahawks offense while you can and trade Lockett Lockett for something. Yeah, the only player that you want from this offense is Kenneth Walker. That's it. Yeah, because I just have this... I don't know if it's just the the, the 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 massive cynic that's in me, but I just kind of feel like eventually the wheels are going to fall off here. And that's like the massive worry, but I guess it's maybe because I'm just so, I guess, programmed to think that Geno Smith is eventually going to turn in back into Geno Smith. But he looks great. 
He looks great. Yeah, he does. He does look great. It's weird. If only the Jets drafted him. Listen, you can't just keep. Okay, fine. Whatever. It's a great joke. You're fucking laughing at it. I don't, I don't want to hear it from you that I can't say that joke when you're fucking laughing at it. You think it's funny. All right, fine. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It gets a reaction out of you, which is all I want. I'm not even I'm not even mad. The Jets are fine. No, they're fine. They're, they're, they're fine. <laughs> hey, if you said to if you said the Jets were gonna be five and two, I think a lot of Jets fans would have bit their own fucking arm off and just be like, here you go. Yeah, no, I, I take that. Oh, the Pats week. Pats week is gonna be fun. Playing the Patriots twice in three weeks is gonna be fun. Is it in Foxborough or is it at MetLife? I think it's, it's at, at MetLife, Met- right? It is at MetLife. Yeah, makes sense. That makes yeah. sense since, since New England are, are at home tomorrow night. Yes. Yeah, at MetLife. That's going to be interesting. Who's going to be the fun. quarterback? We're going to find out. We're going <laughs> to find out. I, 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 honestly, I've been asking around trying to figure out who the starter is going to be. No one is. No one knows. Yeah, I. That's going to be an interesting game. I don't know if you did. You and Jake do anything about Monday night or no? We did. Okay. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. So we can only we 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 only have the Chiefs and the 49ers left, and then we are uh, then we are dead. All right, fantastic. So let's talk about the Chiefs and the 49ers. But first we have to talk about Christian McCaffrey. Yes. And so Bombshell broke on Thursday that Christian McCaffrey got traded to the 49ers for a bunch of draft picks. No first round picks, which is funny. Because the 49ers don't have any first-round picks because they're property of the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. And so it made for a weird situation because it's like when you trade for a player that late into the week, will they play or not? And there was so many conflicting reports on, oh, Christian McCaffrey is not going to play against Kansas City. Or, oh, Christian McCaffrey is going to play, but and they're going to make a special red zone package for him. Or just a a myriad of reports about what the status of Christian McCaffrey is going to be. And it turns out that it didn't even matter because Jeff Wilson and Christian McCaffrey basically split 50-50 on carries, and Jeff Wilson had more yards, and the 49ers looked terrible. So what are you going to do? Yeah, it was a dud. It was it was a dud. I mean, they said they did say McCaffrey was going to get around 20 to 25 snaps. He was at 22. So they kept their word on that while Kyle, Kyle Shanahan being honest to fantasy managers who would have thought we would ever see the day. Um, but McCaffrey's going to be the guy moving forward. And and to be to be honest, Carolina did really well. Carolina did really, really well. They only take a cap hit on that contract for the next two years this year and next, and they are out of it. They are done, which is bravo. That's great stuff. And they got a lot of picks. Yeah, they did. That. Yes, they did. And it's going to be it's going to be a stockpile of picks for what is supposed to be a pretty good uh, 2023 draft. So accelerates that rebuild. Potentially, you, you have those picks where, it, let's say you wanted to trade up for a quarterback, you can do it. You now have the picks at the ready to do that. With McCaffrey, though, 
I just have this thing. I was, I've been told a thousand times that I'm wrong on this, and I, I could be. But my hunch with McCaffrey is he's going from a team in Carolina where he was 80% of that team's offense to now going to San Francisco where there are a lot of chefs that are stirring the pot with himself, with Debo Samuel, with George Kittle, with Brandon Ayuk. There's a lot of different guys there. And I just don't think that McCaffrey is that guy that we're talking about. It's going to be your outright fucking phenom. Yeah, he'll have his weeks like everybody else will. He'll have his weeks for sure. But I don't think he's going to be that consistent 25, 30 point guy that we saw him in Carolina because of the fact that there are other guys that need to get theirs in San Francisco. So do you think, and tell me if I'm wrong, because I could be completely misconstruing your point, but do you think that the reason that McCaffrey was so good, part of the reason that McCaffrey was so good in Carolina is just volume? Mm, Partially. Partially. I don't want to say it was all because of volume, but is that a massive – is that a big part of it? Yes. Well, I mean, the thing is that McCaffrey does a lot – you know, he does stuff after the catch also Mm -hmm. and after after contact and makes people miss. And he still did well on only eight carries, did reasonably okay for only just learning the playbook. Essentially, well, they they basically said to him, like, to, here's here's the ball, run straight, and do what you do, which yeah. which is perfect, which is perfect. I mean, you you don't need to know the playbook all that well to be able to do that. But yeah. with that with that being said, um, McCaffrey will be fine. He's just not going to be your locked and loaded fantasy star that he was, and that's okay. And that's that's completely okay because I can guarantee you that the new Christian McCaffrey, if upright is probably going to be a top 10 running back on most weeks. I'm not probably definitely will be a top 10 running back most weeks. I'm interested because the team that is probably going to be losing this week in the guillotine has Christian McCaffrey. I'm interested to see how much he goes for. Um, Put it this way. I'd be the drop. I'm either dropping all, all my money on McCaffrey or Josh Allen. I don't know which one. Oh God, he has Josh Allen too. Yep. Man, that guy got fucked by Brees Hall. Now I got fucked by buys. And that too. No Josh that's, Allen. No Josh Allen is 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 killer. But don't worry, Josh. You're coming home. You're coming home, King. Um but for the game. He started home. the other he also started the other big storyline in this game. We have to talk about the we have to talk about it. Isaiah Pacheco. Oh. Starting over, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get getting there. first team reps over Clyde. Did not see that coming. I will be completely honest. I did not see that coming. Um, granted, the more high leverage touches did go to Clyde. So, and Clyde just, did score. It just looks like this is a full blown timeshare, which which sucks. Like. If you picked up Pacheco this morning in a panic, I wonder if you can get Pacheco to the Clyde manager and see what you can get. 
because yeah, that's the clear cut handcuff now for sure. But I just don't know if Pacheco is going to be uh, eye test. He looks better than Clyde, but with the way that they're incorporating other guys with McKinnon, Hardman got two carries and two touchdowns. Clyde got a touchdown. I just don't know if there's like a going to be a dominant alpha in this offense to the point where I'm just going to be there and just like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I, I Isaiah Pacheco is going to be a guy that I want to start. Yeah, you're right. You're because it came out of nowhere, and also the Chiefs' running game hasn't been has been like up and down this season. Very also very up and down. So, what did you expect out of Pacheco? And how much of it? And there, it's not like it was an injury to Clyde. And it is a coaching decision. I don't know what coaching kind of coaching decision this was. I don't know what happened, but this is a coaching decision. This is not a health thing. So I honestly think it's it's just eye test. It's eye test, and and to me, Pacheco looked like the guy. He looked like the guy that looked more impressive than Clyde did. At times, at times. Yeah, but now it's just like, who do you, who do you start? Do you, do you comfortably start Clyde? No, probably not. No, no, I don't think either one of them are, are comfortable starts. But you drafted Clyde in like what the fourth, fourth fifth? round? Yeah, third, fourth round. I can't have two predictions be right. You can't. I, I just because I predicted. Be, yeah, Clyde. you did. You did. I just don't know if you really can't start Clyde comfortably, but they're on the buy next week. So you have, you do have time to trade Pacheco, but I just don't know outside of Clyde managers, who's going to be going nuts for Pacheco. I guess just a really optimistic person. Someone who's very optimistic optimistic about it. You have to be really optimistic. Yeah, and very desperate. optimistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. But Mahomes looked great. Juju looked great. MVS looked great. Miko Hardman scored twice. The only guy who didn't get theirs was was like Travis Kelsey, which does not happen very often. Ooh. Even then, six for Travis Kelsey. Yeah, six for Travis Kelsey only scored ninety-eight yards. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. It's a that's a down week. That's a down week, which is which is crazy. My heart um, weeps for you, Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Um, look, the Chiefs are the Chiefs, and you're going to continue to play them. 49ers, Garoppolo was kind of meh. We talked about the running backs. Um, Debo, I mean, do we do we have to have a discussion about Debo? Like, it's all, it's very underwhelming. Like his, his entire year outside of the Monday night game that he had against the Rams. He's just been very meh. Well, it's not going to get any better probably with Christian McCaffrey there. Right. Right. Only two, only two touchdowns in the year. Like when, when do we talk about, which by the way, I did say for those that are interested that Debo Samuel is kind of a B word, kind of a bust. Well, I think going into the season, we talked until we were blue in the face about how Debo Samuel was not going to be able to replicate the production that he had last year. Mm-hmm. 
We did say that. But maybe not like this. Where he's been very average. Yeah. He's been very average. There are guys that were drafted in the 10th, 11th round that are putting up close to or very similar numbers to Debo Samuel. Right. And the one thing that Debo Samuel had going for him is going away, essentially. Mm -hmm. That's it. And now he's back to being pre-last year Debo Samuel, where he like kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And and this is just kind of where we're at, which sucks, which sucks. But yeah, it's kind of the state of, of Debo and Kittle scored. Kittle scored. So good for him. A national tight end day, by the way. Happy national tight end day. I, I was like, no wonder. Yep. Kittle scored. Kelsey didn't. Un- unreal. Um, on national tight end day, no less. On national tight end day. But yeah, that's uh, that's kind of week seven in, in, how, in a nutshell. How dare Mark Andrews have such a shit performance on national tight end day? How dare he? How dare he? Yes, that is week seven. So Bird and I will be back for the preview of week eight. And exciting Jake and, stuff. I, Jake and I will be back uh, tomorrow night for the uh, for the waiver show. Cool. And I might make an appearance on the mailbag. We'll have to figure out some schedules. Yep, but we'll figure that out. We'll figure that out for sure. I'll be excited about that. But yeah, thank you for listening to this episode of the Grace Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For my co-host at Birdsall, I'm Adam Castro. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.